Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter what time you are listening to this devotion. It is January 3rd, and we are looking at Genesis chapters 8 through 11. I'm Jonathan Mitchell. I'm one of the elders at Eden Chapel, and it's been such a blessing so far to walk through God's Word together. Pray that you're continuing to read it and then just use this as a supplement to help you. But I want to jump right in today with a few things that we can really focus on as you're reading the passage. Maybe as you've already read it, you go back and look at it again, or if you're about to read it, you can keep these things in mind as you're reading, and it'll help you to look more at what God has done, who we are, and how we should respond to Him. And I I believe this time will be helpful and beneficial to you as you move forward in your study of God's Word. So in Genesis 8, we have the flood starting to recede in the lands. Remember, God has flooded the earth because of the wickedness of man. His thoughts were always on evil, as we're told in Genesis chapter 6. And in chapter 8, it says in verse 1, a really important sentence, God remembered Noah. Now, that doesn't mean that God was up in heaven and, you know, taking care of all the other things like upholding the universe and calling out stars by name and then was like, oh yeah, that Noah guy, uh, we, we got to take care of him. That's not what's going on here. This word gives us the understanding of God continually being committed to his promise. And we see this over and over again in Israel's life, in Abraham's life, as God establishes covenants with his people, he remembers his covenant. And then he acts according to the promises that he's made. And so God remembers Noah. Remember that Noah was a righteous man, found favor with God, and God remembers him in chapter 8 and then begins to blow a wind over the earth so that the waters begin to subside. And so that's a really awesome thing to take heart in is that when we find favor with God, God is committed to his people. God remembers Noah. God remembers his people and acts accordingly. But then also, as we continue reading in chapter 8, we also see that as the waters subside, Noah doesn't immediately go out into the land. He waits. I think this is an important part of the passage because it's easy for us to think, oh man, yeah, I have favor with God and God really loves me and cares for me. That's great. But then to do things your own way and in your own timing. No, Noah waits and acts accordingly. And it says in verse 15, after Noah had taken some preliminary steps to making sure the waters had actually subsided on the earth. It says in verse 15, Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you, all flesh, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Remember that. Hold on to that phrase. But then verse 18, So Noah went out. I think this is the important thing that we see is Noah acts upon God's commands when God commands it. Uh, He he waits until God calls him, and then he doesn't go before 
or doesn't wait or prolong it. He does what God commands of him. So, and this is how God delivers Noah, not just from the wickedness and evil of the world, but even after all things on the earth have been dealt with through the flood, God still delivers him because uh, it would have been crazy for Noah to survive the actual rains that happen on the earth, but then die because he leaves the ark too early, right? And then, but 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 Noah waits and he's patient and that's how God delivers. God delivers on his own timing and Noah trusts that. Then let's see how God then interacts with Noah. He makes a covenant with him. And this covenant is that God promises to never destroy the earth by waters again. One thing that we need to really take hold of is the phrase that we just read in chapter 8, but it's repeated in chapter 9, verse 1. It says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so God is making this covenant and then telling Noah what to do in regards to this covenant. Fill this earth. Don't kill people. Don't do things that would harm other people because man is made in the image of God. And we're starting to see back to the Garden of Eden and how God interacts with Noah. Remember, back in the Garden of Eden, when God made Adam and Eve, he told them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it because they are made in God's image. And so the hope of that is as that happens, God's covenant will be upheld. He will not destroy the earth again, even though he says man's intentions are evil even from their youth. God knows the hearts of men, but he's still going to be compassionate and kind, and he will not destroy by water ever again. And so he gives a sign of this covenant. What is that sign? Many of us know it's the rainbow. And so when a rainbow appears, what we should be reminded of is that God is committed or will remember his promise. And his promise tells us that God, even though we deserve wrath and judgment, do our sin. God is slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. As Second Peter 3 reminds us, God is not slow. He's right on time. And he's not wishing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. God loves those whom he has favor on. And this is the hope of the passage here in the sign of the covenant is when we see the rainbow we're reminded that we're not getting what we deserve. And God promises, and when God promises, he will do it. Now, obviously, things get a little bit crazy, right? Because as soon as they get off the ark, Noah plants a vineyard, and it starts to sound a lot like Genesis 1 and 2 again. And even in the chapter 3, Noah plants a garden, and in that garden, he partakes of fruit. And because he partakes of fruit, He gets drunk and sins, and his sin causes him to be naked. And what is crazy about Noah's sin is just like Adam and Eve's sin affected all of their descendants, Noah's sin affects his descendants. And so what happens is Noah, when he is drunk, becomes naked, and Ham, his son, sees his nakedness. And we don't know exactly what all that means. I don't think the text gives any indication that Ham did something to Noah. 
I think what it shows us here is there is a big contrast in between in, in how Ham handles seeing his father's nakedness versus how Japheth and Shem handle their father's nakedness. One, Ham, sees it and goes and tells his brothers about it. Almost almost laughingly, you can kind of feel, where Japheth and Shem actually cover their father's nakedness. What does that remind us of? That should remind us of how God responds to Adam and Eve. When they're naked and ashamed and they try to cover themselves, God provides in a way that covers them. And so Ham does the opposite, where Shem and Japheth, they they act like God did in Genesis chapter 3. And the result of Ham's sin is a curse that will affect his descendants forever. And that curse really sets us up for chapter 10. Chapter 10, it's really easy to just read it and not really get what's going on there. But what we see in chapter 10 is the descendants of Ham are the Canaanites. And the Canaanites are going to be the enemies of Israel going forward in Exodus and in the conquest after the Pentateuch. And so this really sets up for how the the Canaanites will be servants to their brothers because servants mean people who are conquered. And that's exactly what Israel will do. So Ham's sin causes destruction on his descendants. Now, what about chapter 11? Well, chapter 11, we know as the Tower of Babel, mostly. And in, in this text, what we see is people gathering together to deliberately disobey the command of God. Why do we say that? Well, because they say, come, let us make bricks here in verse 3 and burn them thoroughly And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Listen to this. Lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And so what they're desiring to do is to disobey God's command to be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. They don't want to fill the earth. They don't want to be dispersed. They want to be gathered together. And what does God do? Well, God comes down, he confuses their language, and he disperses them. And can we just say, praise God that he steps in when we are making wicked and foolish plans. Because what the text says is the people have all come together. They have one language. This is on the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. And we go, wait, so God's holding them back? No. That's not how we should view that. God's not holding them back from doing anything. God's holding them back from doing all that they could do with wicked and sinful hearts. Praise God that he does that for us. That we often make plans from wicked, sinful intentions and God steps in and stops it. Praise God when he does that. And then I also think of what Proverbs 16, 3 tells us. It says to commit our plans to the Lord. And he will establish them. That is the right way to go about it. And that's exactly what the people in Babel did not do. Now, lastly, chapter 11 closes with Shem's descendants being listed all the way to Abram. 
And I want to take a particular note of verse 30. Now, Abram married to Sarai. It says, now Sarai was barren. She had no child. And I, I think we should take notice of this because we, we ought not to end stories when God hasn't ended them. See, the promises of God trump the devastation that's left by sin. Sarai was barren. She couldn't be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. But that's not the end of the story. <laughs> and we need to take heart in that. Uh, this story is not over. We're going we're gonna to keep reading tomorrow and in the coming days about how God's going to move miraculously through this story. And this story and many of our stories, if we would close the book on them, we wouldn't see what God would do. But just think about how we started today. In Genesis chapter 8, it says, But God remembered Noah. And I think about how often we can say that about our lives because God has been merciful and kind and gracious to us. So let's not close the book today and not get back to it. Let's keep reading, see what God has done, and don't close the book on your life because our lives, by the grace of God, are filled with moments that say, but God, where we don't have to have this identification that's left by the devastation of sin, but instead identification that's left by the redemptive grace of God. Uh, love you all. Praying for you today. Let's pray together and uh, let's let's go and live in these truths uh, that we see from the text today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. You are so good and gracious and kind. Thank you for remembering and being committed to the covenants that you have made. God, I pray that you help us by this text to see the devastation that can be caused by our sinful choices. Help us to put all of our trust and hope in you where you make clear commands. Help us to trust them. Help us to not get in our own time frame, but to patiently wait on you. And God, thank you so much that when we do make wicked and evil plans, that you step in and stop them. And God, if that be the case for any of us today, we ask that you would be gracious and kind in that way. Most of all, we thank you that where our lives should be marked like Sarah's was uh, with the identification of what our sin is and the devastation that is left by it. We thank you that because of the grace and mercy that you have shown us in your son, Jesus, that we get to say, but God, we love you and thank you for that. I ask you to be with us today. Help us to shine with the light that you've given us in your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.